most modern people want to avoid thinking about death. A lot of times they want to pretend that it doesn't even exist at all. But for Christians, thinking about our inevitable demise can actually be one of the best ways to get inspired to tackle the day's work. Let's talk about getting morbid to get motivated. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. I am your host, Reagan Rose. Well, I just wanted to say before we get into it, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the outpouring of support uh, this last week. I announced on last episode, if you haven't heard it yet, that I am trying to get into Redeeming Productivity full time now. And it's a big leap of faith, but it's just been amazing to see how many of you stepped up and have started supporting the show on Patreon, which if you're interested in doing that, it's patreon.com slash redeeming prod. You can throw in a, a few bucks a month to help me produce these programs. That's been amazing. The number of emails I've gotten, the number of phone calls, the number of people saying, I'm so glad you're doing this. Um, I'm behind you. This, the, I appreciate the show. That kind of stuff is just so encouraging. Um, if you've ever been in a position like this where you kind of are putting yourself out there and taking this big flying leap of faith, you don't really know if you have something. Like like for me, I, I've thought that I have something with this podcast and with the YouTube and with the, um, with the blogs and the newsletter, but you don't really know for sure. And so hearing back from people, hey, yeah, this is working, keep it up. It's just so encouraging, and so that's, that's been an answer to prayer, and uh, the first week is almost in the books of doing this full-time, and it's been insanely productive and exciting, and uh, I just can't wait to see what the Lord has for me next week. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I, I just want to minister well to you through this. So um, with that being said, if there's any ideas you have for shows, any... Um, ways you think I could do things better or even any suggestions at all, please, you can always email me at reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. Even if you just have a question about productivity in general or your routines or something that you think, you know, you'd like some, some help with and bounce it off someone, just email me. I'm always happy to talk to listeners. So thank you. Um, but let's let's talk about this week's topic. So I've entitled the episode, Get Morbid to Get Motivated, which if I don't say so myself, I think is a pretty funny title. Uh, and we're talking about death, uh, which you know I said that in a really excited way. We're going to be talking about death this week. But I, I think that there is so much value for Christians in thinking about death. And I know that sounds weird. So that's why the title is kind of tongue in cheek, get morbid to get motivated. Um, But I I really do believe that, that thinking about death can be incredibly, incredibly motivating. And in fact, I kind of, I don't know if I'll include this, but I, I subtitled it in my notes, the productive benefits of thinking about death. So I want to tackle this subject. And I have come up with kind of three reasons why Christians should get morbid to get motivated. So let's get right into the first one. The reason I think Christians should think about death and and use that to motivate them in their work and in their productivity is first because you are living for your legacy. So the first reason you should get morbid to get motivated is that you're living for your legacy. So 
every funeral that I've ever been to, I have walked away thinking one of two things. One, man, I want to be like that guy, you know, because people get up and they give the eulogies and they talk about how great they were and that they're always ready to lend a helping hand. And, you know, all the, you know, if you go to funerals for, for strong believers, you're like, oh, they're in the word every day and they did X, Y, and Z. And remember the time they helped me with this. And you're just like, wow, what a life well lived. I want to, I want that. Or you go to a funeral and it's maybe sadly like not well attended, or there's really, people don't have much positive to say at all. And you walk away from those funerals and you think, boy, I don't want to end up like that. But always inevitably, you walk into the parking lot, you're driving home from it, and you're just thinking about life. And death has a way of doing that. Death has a way of making you think about life. And uh, I've talked about it before on here. You know, I I lost um, people in my life at a very young age, and I think that that uh, Lord used that to give me perspective on life and the brevity of it and the importance of living it well. But, uh, I've always joked with my wife, kind of half joked that I, I would love to live next to an old cemetery. Um, and I'm only half joking with that because I think, I think they're beautiful, but also I do want to be reminded, you know, that life is, is dust to dust. You're here, you're a vapor. It's brief. It's short. And there's all these people that have come before us. Have you ever walked through a, through a, cemetery. There's all those headstones as people who came before us and had dreams and ambitions and hopes and things they wanted to do. And they're gone. And one day, if the Lord tarries, that's going to be you and me. And so you do, you take it to heart and you think about it. Actually, funny, just side note about the cemetery thing. We were, um, when we first moved back to Michigan, we were looking at different houses and stuff. And one that we looked at was literally next to an old cemetery. And I was like, this is great, babe. It's like our dream come true. And the realtor was like, you should really consider the resale value of a house next to a cemetery. <laughs> so you're saying most people don't want that. Uh, and I do get that. Ghosts. Be afraid of ghosts. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, that's a total total side note. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the present, isn't it? It's easy to, especially when the world lives this way, where we live like we're never going to die. We live like there is nothing beyond today or tomorrow. And and there are some benefits to, to being present in the moment, of course. Don't get me wrong. I don't, you know, I'm not advocating that you all become like emos and hang out in your room uh, and listen to, to, to death metal wearing all black and eye makeup. But it's important that we think about the future and inevitably that we're all going to die. And I think this is why Ecclesiastes 7, 2, it says it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. He's talking a house of mourning. So basically a funeral, an ancient funeral. Why? Why is it better to go to a funeral than to a party? That's what he's saying. For this is the end of all mankind and the living will lay it to heart. And so just like I was saying with the, with the funeral, you go to a funeral and you walk away and you lay it to heart. You think about it. I'm going to end up in a pine box one of these days. How do I want to have lived? You can get morbid to get motivated. But uh, you don't have to wait till the next funeral to get motivated by the fact that you, you will pass away and you will leave a legacy. You can kind of project yourself into the future. You can consider the out, what the outcome might be if you remain on your present course, you know, it's, it's a lot like, uh, um, 
was a Christmas Carol, Dickens, right? Uh, with Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, he sees the uh, the ghost of Christmas future, and he's like, "Whoa! If I continue being a Scrooge, um, this is going to be a problem. People aren't going to like me." I remember in the Muppets version of that uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, one of the greatest movies of all time, that they're like. You know, one thing he did leave was these these warm blankets. They'll pay extra for the warmth, you know. I love the Muppets. But you have to stop and consider where where am I headed? What is what legacy will I leave? What will my life be once I'm gone? What will my family think of me? What will I have done for the world? What will I have done for God with this life? It's important. It's important to think about the end of all mankind. And uh, I like uh, Michael Hyatt in one of his books, Living Forward is the name of it. He used the analogy of a GPS uh, and he said, a GPS requires you to input your destination and nothing happens until you decide where you want to go. And we do that with any kind of plan in life. We, we begin with the end in mind. What is the outcome that I desire? And then you come up with a strategy for how to get there. And so I think it's helpful to have an idea of what sort of legacy you want to live and then make sure that what you do, what you plan, the little goals you set along the way in this life actually tend towards that sort of legacy and that sort of outcome. And you're not just hoping that, you know, by chance you'll get there, but you actually plan to lead a life that, um, that's worth eulogizing. And, uh, I do think it's good. I think it's a good thing. Think about death to think about the legacy you leave. Um, what do you want people to have said about you? So yes, it's good to get morbid, to get motivated because it forces you to live in light of the legacy that you want to leave. So that's the first reason that I think Christians should get morbid to get motivated. The second reason I wrote down is that uh, we Christians should get morbid to get motivated because we don't fear death. So um, someone might say, I don't want to think about being morbid because that's morbid. And yeah, death is a scary thing, but it's far less scary for the person who knows where they are going when they die. And Christians, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, death is not something to be feared. It's not comfortable, probably. We don't really like want to like welcome it like, oh yeah, I want to go die today, but we're not afraid of it. Not the way the world is because we know what comes after. And I wonder, you know, a lot of times how many people out there, they have, they're, they're very motivated people in general. And they're incredibly healthy, you know, they're, they're really driven by success and like they seem to have everything together, but you hear them talk like a little bit deeply. They open up about some of what motivates them and a lot of them are scared to death to die. I've heard this actually from a lot of uh, well-known productivity guru people. I've, I've heard them come out and, and say that the reason they're so obsessed with their health is because they genuinely are afraid to die and they want to figure out a way to live as long as they possibly can. And that's sad. That's really sad. But what if, what, what motivation would you have? How would your motivation be different if you weren't afraid to die? And that's exactly the position we find ourselves in. But what I find, and I think is the case is that we shouldn't be less motivated because we're not afraid to die. We should be more motivated because we aren't afraid of death. And why aren't we afraid of death? Well, because Christ defeated it. You see, when, when, when Jesus 
came and he lived that perfect life that we couldn't live and he died that death in our place and then he rose again. He overcame death. That resurrection was on our behalf. Death was literally defeated. The curse was broken. Now, we still live with some of the remnants of death that we we will die, but at some point in the future, the last enemy to be defeated, it says, is death. Jesus will put everything under his feet and he will defeat death forever. And so we know that death is going to die, which is funny, but true. It's death is going to die. And so we can say, like the apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You see, it's a taunt. He's taunting death. He said, oh, death, huh? You can't punch anymore? Hey, old man. You're not going to be able to hurt me. You know, he's bobbing and weaving. He's like, what can you do to me, death? You've lost your power. You have been eviscerated by the king of kings. And so we stand in this position as Christians who are in Christ where death has been overcome on our behalf. And so we don't fear it the way the world fears it. And I think a, a lot of a lot of people will quote the first half of First John four eighteen, and they'll say, "Perfect love casts out fear," right? And that's that's true, right? But the full verse actually explains a little bit more about specifically what fear has been cast out by perfect love. First John four eighteen in in whole it reads, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear." For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. See, it's it's talking about the fear of death, but specifically the fear of what comes after death, judgment. Because really, that's why, that's why people are afraid to die. They know in the back of their heads that there is a God and they will have to meet him someday. That's the real fear of death. It's not the unknown. It's judgment. Right? Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Every single person dies and meets God. That's the scary thing about death. But meeting your maker isn't frightening for Christians because we have been forgiven. God is not our enemy. He is our friend and even our father because we're in Jesus Christ. We're united to him by faith. And so if, if you're a believer, you know all this, but I, I love to just revel in the gospel and, and think about what he's done for us and our position in him because it's just so encouraging to the soul. Um, but what does all that mean? What does that have to do with motivation and, and all that? Well, it means that our, our relationship to death has shifted. It's shifted in a very big way. Because we don't fear anymore the the outcome of death, which is judgment, being forgiven, the, that, that shifts how we actually are motivated by death. So unlike the, um, you know, the secular person who is motivated by a fear of death and trying to avoid it, we're motivated by meeting God on the other side of death. We're almost... I don't want to say it this way, but we're almost motivated by death in like a positive way. I don't know a better way to put that. It's not like we like death. I mean, I don't like death. Death is bad. It shouldn't exist. There's no, there would, if there had been no sin, there would be no death. It's a bad thing. So don't get me wrong. We don't long for it exactly. We're not like suicidal or something, but on the other side of death, 
for the Christian, there is something to be longed for, and that is face-to-face fellowship with the King of Kings. I long for that. Do you long for that? Do you want that? When you think on the end of your life, do you look on it with hope that, well, that will be when the end of the, the, the suffering and the frustration and my struggles with sin, and I, I get to be with the God I love? Because that's how you should view death as a believer. It's something, it's something not to fear, but to be almost excited about. Listen to the Apostle Paul again on this point. So this is from Philippians 1, 21 through 26. And he's talking about basically the the choice between, he's talking about continuing ministry versus going home to be God. And, and he's treating that like it's like it's a choice. He says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and your joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Jesus, in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. And so you see, he, he's saying, yeah, I want to go and be with Christ. I do. I, I want. But if I am to live in the flesh, that means what? Fruitful labor for me. And so between the two, it's almost this like can't lose scenario. If I, if I, if I die, I get to be with God. If I'm here, I get to serve God and I get to serve people. And so death becomes this motivator, not in our avoidance of it, but in the fact that the, the game is secure. We've, we've already won in Christ. And now what we get to do is serve him here for as long as we're here. And when it's time for us to, to uh, enjoy our heavenly retirement, the Lord will take us home. And so it's what an awesome position to be in. What an awesome position to be in. We're not afraid to die. We're actually motivated by it to live more fruitful life for our King's glory. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> to live means more fruitful labor. And that actually brings me to the, the last point I wanted to make on this. And that is, uh, so we're talking about the three reasons Christians should get morbid to get motivated. And the first one was because you're living for your legacy. And the second one is because Christians don't fear death. And the third reason that we should get morbid, that it, which is to say, uh, think about death and, and, and derive motivation from it. Third reason is because having confidence in how it ends gives us confidence in the present. I, uh, I've had, um, the hard opportunity, I guess I'll call it to have talked to people in my life that, uh, have not wanted to continue on who were more than ready to, to go home and meet the father Christians, but they didn't want to be here anymore. They were tired. They were suffering. They were ready to go home and they were discouraged in their suffering. And I have, uh, talked with people in that position many times. And what I've said and what I often say is, if you are a believer, I understand that you want to go home. I understand you want to go with you with the Lord. 
It's, it's good. It makes sense that Christians want to go be with Christ, right? We love him. We want to see him face to face. But if you are a servant of Christ, if you are here If God in his sovereign plan has deigned that you're here today, you know without a doubt that that's not a mistake. He doesn't leave people here that he isn't still using. You see what I'm saying? It's not your choice whether you retire and give up and go home to be with God. That's his call when he brings his servant home. It's like the military. You've been deployed. And until uh, the Lord calls you back from the field and calls you home, you got work to do. And so I say this, you are on a mission. If you're here, you're still on a mission from God. There's fruitful labor to be engaged in. And so when we get morbid, when we think about death and the end of, of our own lives, we shouldn't, no, we shouldn't emo out in our room. Uh, we should get pumped for the labor ahead. We should get excited because I know that the end is secure. I'm confident in Christ that I know where I'm going. And that gives me confidence for today. If the outcome's guaranteed, if I know that Christ is going to stomp death in its stupid face once and for all, and I will get to go to glory, then that means that today I can get up, I can get to work, I can have confidence to proceed in the most boldest of endeavors. Let me try to put this more clearly. We're afraid of a lot of things in life. <laughs> I know I am. I've done episodes on the fear of man and uh, on boldness and, and decision making and, and fear in general often controls so much of us. But the ultimate thing to fear really is is death and what comes after, right? That that's That should be the scariest thing, you know, like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, go skydiving because I don't want to die. And I don't want to, you know face what comes after that if you're an unbeliever. But it just puts you in such a different position when you're not afraid of death and you're not afraid to meet God. You're actually looking forward to it. I'm not saying it puts you in the position where you should be reckless with this life because we still have a responsibility to steward our lives. We shouldn't go, um, you know, just randomly base jumping because we're not afraid of death like a sociopath or something. Nothing wrong with base jumping either. <laughs> yeah, all the base jumper contingent listens to this show. I need to really make sure that I, I don't upset them. No, my, my point is just that if you if you are confident about the scariest thing in the entire world, which is death, if you have like total certainty about that, if that the biggest fear of the world has possibly ever had, which is death, has been taken care of for you, how much more confidence and boldness does that give you today to to have the scary conversation, to share Christ with someone who, what's the worst they're going to do to you? Make fun of you, spit on you, kill you, whatever to, to, to die is gain. You know what I mean? Like if you really live a life where you keep in the front of your mind that death has been defeated, you will live so much more boldly. You will have so much more confidence. Having confidence in how it ends gives us confidence in the present. So my encouragement to you is let's boldly step out into whatever work the Lord has for us this week in whatever opportunities or crises or whatever comes our way. Let's do it without fear. Let's do it with faith because that old enemy death has been defeated. And that's wonderful, amazing news. So when we think about death, we don't get scared. When we get morbid, we get motivated. 
There's actually an old Latin saying, memento mori, and, and I tried to look up the history of it. I think that it came from Roman times. And it basically means remember that you will die. And I've heard people in modern times use that to say as though it were some sort of morbid you know, outlook, like, don't forget you're going to die. I, I used to have this um, kind of black humor joke where, you know, if someone was, was going out, I'd say, uh, okay, well, have fun. Hope nothing bad happens. And that's sometimes how people, how people treat memento mori. They're, they're, they hear, remember that you'll die. And they're just like, whoa, that's kind of dark. Uh, thanks. Um, you have a, you have a good drive home too. No, like memento mori, the reason they did this is that they understood that to keep death present in the mind, it changed how you looked at your life. It changed the decisions you made. It motivated you differently. If you have a flippancy and, and, and kind of a, an active ignoring of the reality of death, um, that leads you to living with less gravity in your life with more, more levity and, and less, you put less importance on what you're here to do. And as believers in Christ Jesus, and especially as people who are trying to be productive for him and for his glory, you're on a mission. You've got work to do. And remembering that you'll die should give you strength for the fight. It should motivate you to get in the game and get to work for God's glory and his strength and by his grace. It's an amazing place to be. Isn't it awesome to be a Christian? That's the best thing ever. I love being a Christian. <laughs> I hope you do too. I, I say that from time to time, just online. Uh, I love being a Christian. I like the Christian life. I like it. Anyway, that's all I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again for all your support and all of the wonderful, nice things you've all said to me this week. Uh, it's super encouraging. I'm really pumped to keep bringing you good stuff. I got lots of lots of things in the work, lots of plans, and I'm excited to bring all of that forth and give it to you. Oh, and one last thing before you go, I have a weekly newsletter. If you don't already get that, um, definitely consider signing up for it. It's just newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com. And I'll have a link in the description as well. But basically, it's a weekly newsletter where I share some insights on a biblical approach to productivity every week. And I have just tons and tons of links to different articles, different things I found that week that I think will be helpful to you in your journey toward being a productive Christian. So I, I pour a ton of time into those each week because I'm just trying to give you this roundup of really, really good stuff uh, that'll be helpful to you. So check that out. It's free. There's nothing to it. Just sign up and give me an email address and I will send those to you every week. That's newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com. Uh, but that's it. I will see you again here next week. But until I do, remember this, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God. Mm-hmm.